Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by GymDesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Hank Ebeling, a longtime gym owner and a service expert. In this episode, he reveals to us his four-step process for dealing with any customer complaint. Communication can sometimes get heated between staff and members, and both you and your employees need to know how to manage that productively. Hank's process does just that, diffusing conflict and creating a path to positive resolution. Without further ado, Hank Eblin. All right, Hank, welcome to the Gym Heroes podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on, hopefully bring uh, some tremendous value to the listeners today and yourself as well. Yeah, for sure. Today is, um, we're going to be talking about communication and customer service, or more specifically, how to handle complaints, which is something I've thought a lot about in the past. And I've had to, uh, as a security guard, as a service provider, as a martial arts instructor, I've had to, all of those different areas, I've had to had to use communication skills to manage complaints. So before we get into that, I'd like you to introduce your, yourself as um, what your background is in fitness and in business. Yeah, so I've been uh, in the fitness space for, gosh, almost 20 years now, since uh, early days of college. And I opened my first studio about 10 years ago. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary back in October. And my right. second studio was open now coming up on seven years ago. So I run two small boutique, small group personal training studios in the suburbs of Chicago. And we like to say it's you know personal training in a small group setting, but with a heavy emphasis on customer service. That's what we're all about. That's kind of my obsession. That's kind of what we're talking about today. Excellent. So in the course of that, you've developed um, a four-step process that you train your employees on for how to handle customer complaints when they arise. Because even if you have an excellent service, there's always somebody, there's always somebody that has a complaint. So can you run us through what that four-step process is at a broad level? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I don't care how great your service is. Nobody's perfect. So you just have to be ready to handle the complaints when they come. And probably the biggest mistake people make is they just say, well, you know what? Josh is great with people. So just let him handle everything. We just don't want to have Jennifer talk to anyone because she's terrible at it. You just don't want to have that approach, which a lot of businesses do have, because then you're going to get yourself in a bad situation, right? Because unless Josh is working 24 seven, you don't want that. So you do want to train your entire team. And of course, some people are going to be better than others. That's human nature. People just have different personalities. But hopefully, you've hired the right people uh, that are just generally empathetic, are very people-centric, so that it's not such a big gap. So that that's the key is you can't just rely on this one person on your team who does it well because you really get in trouble that way. So just right. kind of want to lead with that. But first thing is, 
to simply acknowledge. So when somebody comes to you with a complaint, an issue, most of the time, 90% of the time, they just want you, it's like your spouse, significant other, they just want you to listen. Uh, and just by simply listening, sitting there, attentively listening, looking at them, you win right there. A lot of businesses are just terrible at listening. So listen first. Uh, oftentimes as business owners, as employees, we tend to think our business is perfect and we didn't do anything wrong. We take a very defensive approach. And when you take a defensive approach, it makes it really tough to listen and to follow the rest of these steps. So no matter what they're throwing at you, you just can't go on the defense because that's when things get out of whack. So listen intently, acknowledge it. If you can repeat what they said. So if they told you, you know what, uh, every time I try to schedule the system doesn't work and I can never get on the schedule and it's really annoying and I lose sessions. You want to repeat that back to them. So, you know what, Josh, I totally understand that it would be frustrating to be trying to book sessions and it's not working right. And therefore you're missing out on sessions. I, I would feel the same way if I was in your shoes. So just simply listening and acknowledging that there is something wrong. So that's the first step. Got to start there. Second step is of course, to apologize for the situation. Now it might not be your fault. In this case, with this example, probably isn't my fault that the booking system isn't working, but as a team, you take a team approach to issues, which is it's all of our faults. Uh, the worst thing you could do is the blame game and use the words like they, well, it's they did it, or it was them in this department, or, you know, they always mess this up because then you're starting to pin people on your team against each other. And then yeah. you're just pushing it off on somebody yeah. else. And as a team, it's still your fault. So don't <laughs> do that. It, it's, you know, we messed up. I apologize. We'll take responsibility for that. I'll take responsibility for that, but just make sure you're not pointing the finger. So you acknowledged it. You listen intently, repeated it back to them. They feel like, all right, they're listening. They get it. Then you're going to apologize. You take the blame if it's not your fault. Next step, the process is to make it right. Now, here's the thing. At the end of the day, making it right could end with you. It could have to get passed along to another person, two more people, three more people. If that's the case, the key here is then going to be communication. I can't just, you know what, Josh, so-and-so is going to take care of it. And then you never hear another word from us. You have no idea if it's just floating in thin air. Did somebody ever get the complaint? Did someone ever resolve it? You got to communicate. You know what, Josh, I'm going to pass this off to our manager her name's Nicole. She's going to get back to you within the next 24 hours and she's going to resolve this with you. If she slips up anyway or messes up, whatever the case may be, you don't hear from her. I'm going to make sure to reach back out to you to make sure we're all covered here. So you got to just communicate whatever the next step is. Um, but when we're making it right, the key is this is a key thing is ask them what you can do to make it right. So I always use the restaurant example, even though this is. Uh, a gym podcast because it's easy to relate. You go to the restaurant <laughs> and they overcook your steak. They bring it out, it's overcooked. And you say, you know what? I asked for it rare and this is basically well done. What do they do? They come out and bring you a new steak. Well, now the rest of your table is already done eating. Now you got this steak. You're just kind of sitting there. Maybe not what you wanted, right? If they would ask you, how can we make this right for you? 
Maybe it's to bring you something else. Maybe you just wanted a refund. Maybe you'd like a free meal next time you come in. Maybe you just wanted an apology. Um, but as a business, don't assume what that other person wants to make it right. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you might go too overboard and think, well, I got to give them all this stuff. That's what they want. And they might have just wanted an apology. Uh, so just ask them, what can we do to make this right? Because it's not about how you want to make it right. It's how they want it made right. And then the last step of the process, probably most people don't think about, which is to thank them. And it sounds really weird. Some of you listening might say, why would I thank somebody for complaining, tell me what we do wrong, what we messed up, how we slipped? It's because without their feedback, you can't get better. And you got to close the loop. Most people aren't going to tell you what's the matter and they're just going to leave. And that's worse because you never know. So the people that do tell you what's going on, you should be thankful for, and therefore you should thank them as simply as, hey, you know what, Josh, I appreciate you bringing this to our attention because it's customers, clients like you that can help us get better. We can resolve this and make sure it's not an issue moving forward. Because if you don't take now what you've learned and improve whatever the issue was, it just is going to be a vicious cycle and you're just going to end up annoying and you know what, more people and that's going to lead to a bigger problem. Uh, So once you figure everything out and you can resolve it, great, because you could turn someone who might be upset into even more of a loyal customer if you really lock it down and fix the issue. Yeah, you really risk your reputation because they gave you an opportunity to make it right, which is sort of rare in the service industry. And if you squander that or you... you, uh, take advantage of that to get up on your high horse, you could have, you, like you just said, <laughs> you could have made a super fan, but instead you made a super uh, enemy that's going to, now they're going to be motivated to go on your Google listing and give you a one-star review and write an entire novel about, you know, how, how you shot her grandma and like, I just, everything they can think of the whole time they were there, all the little, little slights and grievances that they felt. Um, yeah, that's, and it's very, yeah, dist- it's dangerous. If you don't mind me, I could share a story with you too that kind of illustrates sure. this. Sure. So this is probably, gosh, maybe three, four years ago, we had a client at one of our locations. Really great client's been with us from the beginning. Um, super, super loyal. And she sent me an email one day just, hey, I haven't been really happy with the level of service. I've been getting the sessions lately. I just feel like it, you know, I've been with you guys for so long. It hasn't lived up to the sessions in the past. And so obviously I took... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, attention to that, it kind of hits you hard when that's what you focus on and someone says that about you. And I just said, Hey, listen, Carrie, you know that we deliver great service and I don't want to make excuses for anyone. Clearly we slipped up. You're not happy about it. Let us make it right for you. And again, what we just talked about, I said, what can we do? And she said, well, I want to keep going, but I want to make sure you guys, you know, that that was maybe just a minor slip up. And I said, all right, how about we do this for the next month? turn off your billing. And if we don't make it up to you and we don't kind of circle back and give you that service we've always given you, then you didn't pay and you can walk away and move on. Um, and obviously we dropped the ball, but let us re-earn your business. Give us that opportunity. And we did just that. We gave her a free month. Of course we came through and she's been with us ever since, uh, you know, super loyal client of ours. So it's just things like that that come up you could get defensive and, 
oh, what do you mean? We always give great service. You're not, you're so wrong. Like, how could you say that? Again, we, we thought about what she wanted and we corrected the situation. So that's about making it right. And that's about closing that loop and continuing to keep that loyal customer. So I just kind of want to share that story because I think it kind of illustrates what we're talking about. Yeah, it's an ex, it's an excellent example. And it's like, um, it's very similar to like the, the, the radical ownership concept. Like maybe you didn't even agree with her. I mean, you might, it sounds like you did agree with her, but maybe you didn't even agree with her that the service wasn't, um, at ex- meeting expectations. Um, but that doesn't matter, right? She, the way she, she, she actually loved the service the way it was. And then something happened along the way. She's like, Hey, I don't, she spoke up. Hey, I don't like this. <laughs> and you, you took ownership and like, Hey, you know, what can we do to fix it? We want to earn your business. That's, that's a true service approach to business. Um, not, not a, you, know, you come to me cause I'm the expert kind of business. And you know, your, your loyal customers, clients, like they're loyal. It took a lot of work to get them and keep them. So you can't yeah. just take that for granted. So you yeah, gotta do whatever you want to keep these people. Yep. Absolutely. So running back to acknowledge to dig in a little bit, uh, I know that, so I've, I've done a little bit of training when I did security. I did a little bit of training on like tactical communication, very, very similar to what we're talking about right now. Um, so when you acknowledge somebody's pain, does it matter if you agree with that complaint or not? <laughs> it, it doesn't. Uh, you just can't take it personally. Nobody's attacking yeah. you personally. And sometimes it might feel like it, hey, especially if you're the business owner, the business is like your mm-hmm. baby. I mean, for somebody to say something, it, it does hit you a little bit, even if, you know, sometimes the truth is hard to take. So it, it's hard to sometimes separate it, but you just have to take the mentality that this is not a personal attack. This is just somebody who spends good money with your business who wants things to go smoothly or wants to get what they're paying for. Like you just got to take that approach. They're not trying to attack you. They just want to get what they're paying for essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with repeating or paraphrasing this one, this, this shows that the person you're talking to, the person that's that, that has made the complaint to you, it proves to them that you were listening. To, to what they said. Do you have any tips on that? Because I, I know that I have explained this to others and I've, I've heard them do it. And when they paraphrase, they inject their own point of view into it. And sometimes that point of view is not flattering to what the person actually said. Yeah, I would say you still want to keep it about them and you want to be empathetic and you could put yourself in their shoes. I think I mentioned when we started talking about it, like you would say, Hey, you know what? If I was in that same situation, that would irritate me too, because then it's at least showing right. to them like, okay, it's not just me. Uh, the worst thing you could say to somebody is, well, this never happens or, you know, <laughs> no one's ever, no one's ever complained about this before, or it might just be mm-hmm. you, or I- I've never yeah. heard of this before. And you laugh, but a lot of people will say things like that. And that just makes things worse. You know, really, in all of this that we're talking about, if you win as a 
employee business owner, you really lose. So this is not a who can win the argument here. This is the customer needs to win here. Your clients need to win. This is not a let's see who gets to win the battle because that approach you always lose Mm -hmm. if you win. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that you can probably, most people that complain, you can probably save as clients. There's some that you you won't be able to save. In fact, there's some that maybe you should fire for other reasons. But the way you handle their complaints will make the difference between whether or not they will leave you a one-star review or start spreading gossip about your business if if and when you you cut them loose. So it's really, yeah, it's really important to make make it appear or make it to feel like there's this safe and positive relationship between you and and uh, your members. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, again, we're talking about if you can take that complaint, that issue, resolve it, man, you just tightened up that loyalty a lot. Um, but even as you mentioned, if they leave and they felt like you handled the situation professionally and properly, they're less likely, yes, to you know, go on this social media and splatter your name all over in a negative fashion um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they might do if, if you don't handle things correctly. Absolutely. So what about apologizing? Because I know most people are kind of aware of the, the fake apology, right? I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry if that happened. Like you don't grant that it happened. You, it's contingent upon whether or not it's real. <laughs> um, how, it, when you apologize, how do you make it heartfelt? I think it just stems with number one, like we mentioned in the beginning, you just got to have the right people, right? If you don't have good people, mm-hmm centric individuals working for you it's it's going to be tough but as long as you got the right people then it's just simply looking people in the eye being genuine and really taking ownership like okay if i was in this person's shoes and this was happening i'd be pretty freaking annoyed too so you know what if you think of it that way you're gonna have a lot more of a you know a sympathetic apology versus just like yeah i'm sorry or we're sorry like you can just tell when someone comes off not really genuine, right? So I think if you take ownership of it and you know look them in the eye and really, you know what, hey, slipped up, whatever the case may be, uh, versus just kind of half paying attention and just, all right, I got to apologize. I'll just apologize. And you're just kind of going through the steps. Of course, it's going to sound scripted and fake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you heard, if you happen to overhear an employee go through the process and he or she did a pretty good job, but then she got one of them got they got to the the apology and it was just like, oh <laughs> you could hear like in the voice you could hear there was something off. It didn't sound heartfelt. How would you how would you approach them? How would you talk to them afterwards? I think it's just, you know, you gotta teach. Um, so just giving them the scenario, what happened, how it could get better, and the effect of, you know, kind of slipping up in that situation. Hey, this is what you did really good miss the boat on this part. And then that could have this effect on that whole interaction and uh, kind of just letting them know the importance of their role in this whole sequence uh, and kind of what they can do better next time. To me, I think it's really important that you train your entire team on this. Now you don't have to do this four step process. You could create five step process. You could use an acronym, which a lot of businesses use. You can do whatever you want, but just have some systematic approach that you teach your new hires that you're teaching your team on a continuous basis. If you know, if Josh, I teach you this on day one of working for me and I never mention it again, guessing you're probably not going to remember and you're probably not going to do a great job with it. So it has to be something taught out of the gates, 
and continuously kind of put in front of your team and talked about and given examples of, hey, like I gave you, here's an example of something that happened and here's how we approached it and here's how we resolved it and letting mm-hmm. them see, okay, that's kind of how that steps, uh, how that process works. Real quick before I put you back into the episode, Gymdesk has powerful yet intuitive features to grow your business. And there's a few really great features I'd like to highlight. The first is a deep, best-in-class email and SMS marketing system with automation tools to make your life as a business person so much easier. It's like having a dedicated, full-featured email service provider native to your gym software. We're really proud of it, and it's something that we've recently overhauled. And in addition to all the stuff a good management software should do for you, like member management, attendance, booking, scheduling, and reporting, You can set up an easy, simple, attractive point-of-sale system to sell merchandise in person or through your website with just a few clicks. And if you like to provide members-only content, we have a content management system that lets you choose who can see what content and when, all visible from members' web portal and the Gymdesk user app. So give your gym the lift it deserves. Go to gymdesk.com or click the link in the description. Awesome. Um... So you, you talked about when, when you want to make it right, you first want to talk to the person to understand what it is they're looking for instead of rushing to give them, you know, a free, free lessons, a free month, a f- you know, free smoothie or, or a piece of a product or something like that. Um, do you, do you have like a, a process, that like, like questions that your employees ask so they, it can help them determine, um, and I guess in a not, in a not so on the nose way, understand what it is they're looking, they're looking for so you can make it right in their, in their eyes? Honestly, no, it's, it's actually just being straight up and saying, Josh, what can we do to make this situation right for you? Or, you know, we dropped okay. the ball, we clearly slipped up. How can we make this right for you? I want to take care of it. It's it's just straight up. Uh, There's a gym owner I work with on just kind of helping him with his customer service stuff. And he, at the beginning was just constantly always giving people free. Here's free gear. Here's a free this. And I know I mentioned in my scenario, we gave a free month, but it doesn't always mean free. People don't always want free. It could mean as simple as an apology. So don't be quick just to make the assumption you can cost yourself sometimes more than you needed to. But I think you just, are being straight up with them. What can we do to make this right for you? I want to get this squared away and, you know, uh, situated right now. So just kind of upfront and they'll tell you, Hey, I want a free month. And obviously if they say something outrageous, like I want a free year, you messed up. <laughs> You're not going to be able to go crazy here, but yeah. I've rarely found in my own gyms working with other business owners that anyone rarely ever asked for that. Um, you know, most people are pretty understanding and uh, they get it. You're a small business. So again, I've, I've yet to see some crazy ask. Mm-hmm. So you have, if you have an employee day one, just hired them, how do you train them on this process? So it's kind of like we mentioned, just going through the four steps, explaining what they should do. And then kind of giving them just examples of, okay, someone comes due and they're upset about this. What would you say? And how would you say it? So we want to make sure we teach them the steps 
some tips on what to say and how to say it, but we also don't want to make people feel robotic mm-hmm. to yeah. where they're so scripted that they come off not genuine. So you just want to have a process and understand certain words to say and not say, and then kind of let them be because yeah, you don't want someone to say, Oh, Josh, I am sorry. I apologize. Yep. We messed up. What can we, you just don't want that robotic. Cause then you're just <laughs> like, all right, this person, they're just reading it. They're reading the script. They don't care. Yeah. Um, they're just doing what they've been told. So it's just giving them an outline how to approach a situation without it being too rigid. And this is what you have to say every time. And then every time say this, times are going to be different. Situations will be different. Just know your steps, know what not to say and go from there. So we just kind of walk them through that process. Um, but we definitely put time in it during the onboard, especially because that's the time when somebody's new, they can soak up everything. If you don't have anything like this implemented and you have a team right now, sit down at your next team meeting and say, hey, guys, I want to go over this. I want to make sure we're not slipping up. I want to make sure we're all on the right page. I don't want to have Josh has his way. Jennifer has her way. Nicole has her (laughs) way. We need to have one way. Excellent. With your employees that have been through the training, they've worked for you for a while, is there some regularity with which you revisit this, like during uh, like staff meetings and stuff, you go back over and maybe do practice scenarios or things or debrief on things that have happened? How do you handle ongoing training? Yeah, I think you, you try to do it as much as you can. If you have a more experienced team who's been mm-hmm. with you, probably not as frequent, especially if you feel they're really smooth with it. But at a bare minimum, I'd say at least maybe twice a year. So it's top of mind. Okay. Uh, you could even do it once a quarter, maybe. If you have a real newer mm-hmm. team or this is something new that you've never really taught your team, you might want to do it even more frequently out of the gates uh, just to really drill it in their head and make sure they got it. Uh, you could honestly even shop your business, um, have someone call in and give a complaint and just kind of see how they handle it. Uh, you could even do something yeah. like that to kind of test, see where they're at. Yeah. I think I've seen that. I think one of my security, somebody above my boss had somebody call in one time. I can't prove it, but I'm, it, it just felt like it was a test. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, great, that's a great way to handle it. Yeah. It's like the, um, the, secret, uh, the secret shopper idea. Yes. Catching people when they're yeah. not. They, they don't know. There's just a random person coming in. Yeah. And it, whether it's over the phone or, you know, you could have someone come in mm-hmm. physically to your location and you're right there and you just kind of will step back and just see how they handle it. And then when they leave, Hey, you mm-hmm. know, great job, by the way, that was actually not a real, real uh, person. Or you might say, if, you know, they dropped the ball. Hey, the good news is that person uh, <laughs> is not going to be a member, you know, so it's a good teaching situation that won't really Mm -hmm. affect people that you actually have. Yeah. Let's imagine somebody that's uh, good, good at at every other aspect of service. But when the complaint comes in, there's just, they take it a little personally, right? They've worked there for a long time. They love the business. They take pride in what they do. How do you help them on a personal level, get past that so they can actually effectively use the steps? I think I would acknowledge to them that 
And I love this about my team that they, they have ownership of our gyms and they do take things like, Hey, they, they take ownership in terms of like, yeah, we want to do things right. And I don't want to hear that, but I got to let them know, like, I I appreciate that you have that mindset. I want you to have that mindset, but I still, when someone comes in, we have to have an open mind because this just helps us get better. And if we don't have that open mind, we don't listen to what they're saying. We don't take it personally. We can't get better. So awesome. You take the ownership. Um, That's great. You excel in all the other areas, but like just kind of driving home the whys of this whole process. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. This is uh, the answer to this question is pretty obvious, but I want to ask it because I know that there's often a disconnect between what you do with live interaction and then how you conduct yourself on the internet. So if somebody leaves a nasty review on your Google business profile, does the four-step process also work there, or at least a, a, an interpretation, a part of it? So I'm actually going to give you a couple of things. I'm going to answer that part in a second, but when we're looking at social media, it's very similar steps, but the key is on social media is you want to get the conversation offline because what you don't want mm, yeah. is this huge long thread of you and somebody, I don't want to say arguing, but going back and forth. That's just not good for either yeah. of you. So the best thing to do is, you know, to message, hey, Josh, I would love to resolve this with you. What's the best way to contact you? They give you that, you contact them. And then what you want to make sure is after you've resolved it, then go back onto that social media channel and make sure you put a note that it was resolved so that people can see that. And they see that yeah. you actually like fixed the situation. Uh, Cause yeah. the worst thing you do is just have this long chain of arguing and back and right. forth with someone, even if it ends in a positive result, you don't mm-hmm. want people seeing all the dirty laundry. So take the conversation offline and then make sure you come back on the social media channel and just show that it was resolved in terms of the Google reviews. Again, I have a good example of this. Don't want to get into the long story of it, but essentially we had a client, um, have a relationship with one of our trainers, which is like a no, no for us. Uh, yeah. and this client's husband, uh, that was the big part to why it was not a good thing. Went on, <laughs> our Google reviews and just trashed us basically. Um, Mm. And obviously it wasn't our fault. What happened, it was a bad decision by one of our employees, but we take responsibility. And instead of leaving that review there and just like, Oh, we don't see it. We'll turn it, turn a, you know, blind eye to it. We hit it head on and just said, Hey, apologize for whatever happened. We resolved this issue. If you go to, our, our gym H4 training in Geneva, you can actually see the reply. Um, but we want to hit it head on. We don't want to look like we're hiding from it. And yeah. I think that's a better approach because then if people see it, yeah, that was a negative review, but you know, it wasn't like we're trying to hide from it. And then they can mm-hmm. see, okay, that was the smallest little blip out of everything they've done. And it clearly wasn't their fault. So I think yeah. that's an important thing to do is just hit it head on. Yeah. And in terms of empathetic communication this this woman probably felt or this person probably felt like uh they they couldn't do anything else right they they they're the target that they wanted to hit they couldn't hit so they went somewhere else right so understanding yes. that this was misplaced right they felt this is a traumatic event really um yeah so empathy goes a long way with 
with that. I know that when uh, I used to work in a, in a marketing agency, and one of the things we did was manage the Google business profiles for, for other people. Um, and uh, in bef- you, could, you could see if they got a bad review before we started managing the profile, pretty typically either uh, whoever the number two was or the, the owner directly was like answering, right? And it was like, this isn't us. This isn't me. <laughs> we, we don't do this. There's no way. Like he just like the, all the defenses, everything you can think of. And it, it looks, um, it looks bad. It looks unprofessional. It looks petty. Um, and you don't, you don't want that. You don't want that to reflect on your business. So yeah, you've, you've got to handle that. You got to be polite. You've got to acknowledge what's going, what, what they said. Um, and then, like you said, take it right, take it right off. Because even, even if, even if you're not defensive in a long thread, and I've seen this on Facebook too, right? People will see a long fr- thread, and maybe the guys are the friendliest two dudes in the world having a discussion. You'll get a, you'll get a comment way underneath from somebody who just saw the length, didn't read it, and said, "Wow." What, what are you guys fighting about? And nobody's fighting, <laughs> but he just looked at the length of it and made an inference, right? There must be something wrong here. And people often don't read very closely. So you don't want that tit for tat going on in, in your, on your Google profile by any means. And you know, at the end of the day, with all this handling complaints and everything, you just can't have a short-sighted mindset of, I got to win this. I'm right. We're right. Because right. you got to think long term. This person, what is their lifetime value to you as a customer, as a client? Like, mm. is being petty, is being, I got to win, it's me versus them, really worth that thousand, two thousand, three thousand, ten thousand? I don't know what, what people listening, their average lifetime value of their client customers are, but I don't think it's worth a small little argument to lose that. Um, mm-hmm. So, don't have a short-sighted view to it. Think, think about that long-term. All right. Don't, this applies in a lot of places in life, but don't, don't chase after vindication. You'll never get, you'll never get it. No matter how good your argument, no matter how finely tuned everything is, chasing vindication is all, almost always going to be more costly than you thought at the, at the beginning of it. It's an illusion, right? You want to feel a certain way. You want to feel the same way that a customer who complains to you, who wants to be heard, they want to be vindicated. And you can offer that to them. Um, you're, in fact, you might be one of the few people in their entire lives that offer it to them in, the, in a moment in time when they, when they complain. But you, you know, as a business owner, it's just, that's, that's the part of your life. You can't, seek, you can't seek vindication when people criticize you. It's just going to hurt your business. Yeah. Awesome. So could we use um, excellent service to help mitigate uh, complaints? Like sometimes we can't avoid them, but are there some quick and dirty tips for how we can raise our level of service so that we get fewer complaints to manage? I think it just goes back to, well, first, when you do get them to fix them so they don't become a consistent issue, right? And then just makes mm-hmm. things worse. But to try to not get to that point in the first place, I think it's just looking at your customer journey and see, okay, this is 
how they come into my business. This is what they have to do regularly when they interact with my business. What are the pain points? What are the points that could really annoy someone or make things difficult to do business with you? Look for those areas and then make them as easy as possible versus more challenging. And sometimes that might mean harder for you, the business, but better for them, the customer client. But that's what you want because when you make things difficult, there's a lot of friction. That's what's going to lead to annoyances, to issues, to complaints. So that's the easiest thing to do is kind of do an audit of of your business. And what are those areas that you can make just the slightest even adjustments that can help uh, keep yourself from getting to these points in the first place? Great. Yeah, well, I appreciate this. This has been a really fun talk. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? So I'm on social media. Spend a lot of time on Instagram, Hank Ebling. Find me on LinkedIn, Hank Ebling. Uh, Facebook, Hank Ebling IV. Also, um, I'm a customer service obsessed guy. Started helping mm-hmm. some other fellow small business owners over the last couple of years. So if you're interested in kind of leveling up your customer service, I like to call it, you know, to be the Ritz Carlton of what you do. I have a course called Superhero Service Super Profits. I think Josh will put that in the uh, show notes. You can check that out. It's just a great process to build your own service first culture. Um, But yeah, I'd love to connect with you on social media and and chat and see uh, what I can do for you. Great, man. Thank you for coming on, sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thanks for having me.